Welcome to Knit British, the podcast that explores all the connections of Britishness in wool, fibre and knitting. On this journey, meeting all of the people involved, from sheep to skein, I am your host, Louise Scully. Knit British and love local wool. Knit British is delighted to be sponsored by The Knitting Goddess. Joy is a dyer based in Harrogate who is committed to supporting British breeds and fibre in all of her bases. In addition to incredible yarns such as Britsock, Wensleydale and Shetland Fourply, BFL and Massam, you will find screen printed bags and books and handcrafted stitch markers, as well as exclusive yarn clubs in her online shop. Sign up to her newsletter at theknittinggoddess.co.uk to be kept up to date and receive exclusive subscriber discounts for the weekly shop updates. To visit The Knitting Goddess, click on the logo in the show notes or visit www.theknittinggoddess.co.uk. Hello and welcome in to another episode of the Knit British Podcast, episode 88. How are you? There is something in the air today, something pretty fantastic. And I am literally still buzzing from the news at the weekend that finally, finally, time travel has caught up with the idea that Doctor Who can be a woman. Who flippin' Ray? It's such good news. So many congratulations to Doctor 13, Jodie Whittaker, who I have no doubt does not listen to this podcast, but I am so excited uh, to what her doctor is going to bring. Uh, doctor Who has given us so many positive female characters, so this this is utter pinnacle. And I kind of want her to be flying around in the TARDIS wearing a pussy hat, don't you? I mean, doctors tend to have some kind of classic wool apparel, whether it's a scarf or a tweed coat or a cricket pullover. So I think, you know, maybe a pussy hat should be Dr. 13's woolen thing. I don't know. Maybe maybe we should see about doing that, getting, getting a pussy hat over to the TARDIS stat. Uh, <laughs> It just so happens that we've got a couple of awesome ladies in this episode as well. Uh, So grab a whip, grab a drink and let's get cracking. I have just come back from a lovely wee sit in the meadows with Jane Green, who is New Leaf Yarns. And I'm going to bring you that little interview in another episode. Uh, but it, if you've not heard of New Leaf Yarns, her um, she's just recently started. Uh, she is concentrating on incredible alpaca blend yarns. Her yarn has been yarn of the month twice now at Ginger Twist Studios and there is something really special about about her blends and I have uh, just finished knitting with her alpaca and Shetland blend in natural grey. Uh, if you follow me on Instagram you might have actually seen me knitting at Hadrian's Wall on this, on this yarn. It's incredible. Uh, so look forward to bringing you that interview later. 
Um, I also want to come back to you from last episode where we talked about uh, Cambrian wool. And thank you so much for your feedback about the the blind wool test. It's lovely that you're all enjoying it so much. Um, You might remember that I had said in that episode that I was going to contact Cambrian wool about um, asking them if they might be able to put on the label uh, the breeds that are in the yarn because their labels for four ply and double knit have lots of information on them but they don't actually say Welsh Mule or Lunwenog or anything like that and so I wrote to them told them a little bit about about why we feel it's important and why yarn buyers in general like to join these dots up and uh, I had a really really lovely reply from Sue James who's one of the directors of Cambrian Wool And this is what she had to say. I've been giving much thought to the points that you've raised and it's a very interesting subject for us and caused a lot of discussion when forming the business and I've tried to set out our view as follows. One of the considerations at looking up how to set up Cambrian Mountain Wool was that it wasn't to be in direct competition with local small wool producers processing and developing yarns from their own breed-specific or rare breed flocks. As a community interest company, one of the communities that we'll be looking to supporting as the business develops is this a group of small yarn producers. And our remit then agreed with the Cambrian Mountains initiative was to develop the more commercial aspects of locally produced wool by working with the British Wool Marketing Board and Bradford processors to maintain consistency and quality year on year. We're aware that being breed specific wasn't going to be easy. This project is about the final quality of the yarn for a variety of purposes and may even require a blend, especially when taking commercial quantities. British Wool Marketing Board recommended a particular grade for our first batch, which happened to be Welsh Mule. Welsh Mule is a crossbreed involving more than one different local breed with a BFL, as you British listeners are well aware and our experience from the research and design uh, project and exhibitions that we ran for a year was that the term quotes Welsh mule caused much confusion even hilarity over a cross-section of users and consumers. When it came to label designs we had to bear in mind the limited space and several other factors many customers um, have impaired vision and the font can't be too small restricting the amount of text that can be used they also need to include the cambrian mountains branding which needed appropriate space also attention info batch etc needed to be easily read and the contact details a requirement ideally everything needed to be in welsh as well as english and we ran out of space Our conclusions were that the most important thing was the wool to be fine, consistent, high quality and grown in the region and that this would be secondary to breed. Um, And Sue goes on to say that 18 months on, the term Welsh mule still confuses people and they feel that perhaps people are less likely to buy Um, if they're confused by the information on the ball band. And I really do thank Sue so very much for taking the time to send such a detailed reply. And she goes on to say that they've taken on board that information, that information on the ball band about breeds and provenance really does 
factor on whether we buy yarn or not and they will take that on board um, but what she's also said another positive note is that they have started to write on the labels the Lanwenog and Black Welsh Mountains so that those yarns can be told apart. I uh, really uh, thank Sue for her time and I really do understand that year on year the that the yarn might be slightly different and it's uh, you know all about supporting those wool growers in in that area and that they want to make the same great consistent yarn and that might mean changing the blend slightly. But I, I, I did, you know, push on a little bit more to say that there is a, a very large market who do care about the breeds that go into their yarn and aren't confused by what Welsh mule means. And and Sue was very, very kind and came back to me again and, and did say that they'd taken that information on board. So that's a really, that's a positive thing. I do think that a little sticker says Welsh mule could be stuck on the label next year when might be more of a blend another sticker again it just bridges those gaps in our knowledge and that's what i think is important i'm super super pleased to have such a detailed response from sue and she was very happy for me to read her response on the podcast and i am still dreaming of all of the garments in that welsh mule yarn uh I have to say, what a lovely response we had to that blind review. And so many of you said that you picked the yarn up at Edinburgh and um, we're now looking forward to knitting with it. Fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. I have been thinking a lot more about this clear label and focus. And I think it would be quite interesting to do a little further research on it um, with you guys and um, with yarn buyers in in particular. You have been telling me what is important and what you like to see on the label and this is a really good discussion that's that started and I'd like to take that a little bit further um, because we all have needs from a label and yes the label is a small area of space there is only so much information that you can put out there but for example uh, Linda left a comment on the show notes for the last episode to say that for her it would be really helpful for wool labels to have the WPI marked on there that's wraps per inch she says uh, that gives an excellent idea of the grist of the yarn. So that's interesting. I would never have thought of WPI, uh, but is that something that's important to you? Do you need to see what wraps per inch on the label? What are the other things that are important for you to see on the label? I think we'll have a little survey um, in the winter, perhaps, and and find out what what these things mean to you and how they contribute to not just having faith in the traceability, sustainability and origin of the yarns, but also that sense of well-being that comes from that, um, a personal sense of well-being. Um, so thank you so much for your for your great feedback on this and let's keep the conversation going. How are your remakeries coming along? It is lovely to see what you're getting up to in the Ravelry group. Nellie Ann Jane has made another Saltfleet Cowl by Louise Asbangham. 
in The Knitting Goddess, BFL and Massam, Soup Dragons knocked out another pair of Elgin socks in Phileas Yarns. They look delicious. Uh, Wild Cedar made another Almost Autumn Cowl by Boo Knits. I am still plugging away on my Marin by Isolde. I'm making mine a little larger, so I've had a, a few sort of stop and starts trying to work the mods in. I'm knitting mine in a yarn that's now been revealed at Palm Fest last weekend. It is Kettle Yarn Company's Ramble, a new blend of Shetland and Romney. And as I say, I've I've been, I was asked to knit it up and give it a go. It's incredible. Uh, Linda launched it at Palm Fest. It's not on the website yet, but I hope it will be in the shop soon so you can all see it for yourself. I'm just loving it. It's just gorgeous. In garter stitch, it's just got such a lovely structure. You know, Shetland fleece, Romney fleece, these are two of the finest fleeces, um, really, and just incredible. Um, I've knit a swatch uh, just in stockinette as well, which I kept in my pocket for days, absolutely days, just every now and again, pulled it out and just marvelled over this lovely stuff. I can't wait to get more. I think a little bit of colour work in this yarn will be immense because it's got all of that stickiness of of Shetland in it and um, I think Fair Isle will just be amazing. I'm sure it will be in the Kettle Yarn Company shop soon but if you sign up to Linda's newsletter and that's where you'll find out about it first I would think. Um, I I need to stop getting sidetracked on my Marin but I did finish a remake. It is that Antarctic shawl uh, that I knit in New Leaf Yarns Shetland and Alpaca so I'll talk a little bit more about that. I first met Jane at the Scottish Smallholders last year and knew that she was uh, making now making yarn and met her at the Indiebury Yarn Crawl where she produced this skein of yarn for me as a gift. Um, she didn't ask me to review it. I said that I would. Um, she wanted to give it to me as a gift f- for just for the podcast. But I really wanted to make mention of New Leaf Yarns and also get Jane on the podcast as well because I think what she's doing is quite unique and we'll hear a little bit from Jane a bit later on. But this yarn is a Shetland DK, 100 grams, 300 metres, and this is what it says in the label. When we talk about clear labelling, this is par excellence. Sport, light DK, 300 metres, approximately 300 metres, 100 grams, 60% alpaca, 40% grey Shetland, hand wash at low temperature. Alpaca fleece has been kindly provided by Charity and Marvel Fine Boys from Fife. You can find out more about your yarn at www.newleafyarns.com. New Leaf Yarns, very special alpaca blends. And as we go on, you'll find out that that's exactly what Jane's aim is. But let's just talk about this shawl, shall we? I knit the Antarctic shawl by Janine Callio. And I really just wanted to knit something that had some garter stitch in it, but also a little bit of simple lace because this yarn has got oodles of character. 60% alpaca, 40% Shetland. Let that sink in a little bit. Just imagine how soft and yet with great body and memory and character that yarn would have. Just imagine it. See it in your mind's eye. And if you can't see it in your mind's eye, go on over to knitbritish.net and look at the show notes because I've got some pictures of that skinny yarn. It is 
Ah, delicious yarn. As soon as Jane gave it to me, I knew I wanted to cast it on and actually got home that night from the Indie Beauty Yarn Crawl, balled it up and thought, right, Antarctis, took it on holiday. <laughs> and ju- I just had such joy knitting with this wool. It has a beautiful halo. Shetland, alpaca, together. It's a beautiful halo. Now, I've knit with Shetland and alpaca before. Um, worsted spun Shetland and alpaca, a really lovely plumpy yarn and I've commented on the podcast before when I've talked about that blend that Shetland is a most fantastic addition to alpaca for me personally Uh, and I'll tell you why. Um, I love 100% alpaca but for me things I've knit in 100% alpaca are now much bigger than they were when I first knit them and um, while they still look great they don't really look as good as they did when I first made them. Um, I have a special shawl that's made in alpaca that is much bigger now. I would never part with it, but um, I could never have thought to have knit a garment in 100% alpaca because of this. Add in Shetland to the mix, add in any lovely breed wool to the mix um, is going to give the alpaca memory and structure this is exactly what you get with this lovely yarn and this resulting shawl. The other thing I love about Shetland is that it blocks incredibly and again, that's something that alpaca needs. It's, it's something with a bit of memory in it. I'm so pleased with how this looks. Now let me try and explain how it looks. I'm, I haven't got my thesaurus with me today but um, you'll forgive me. So this shawl is basically a series of garter and eyelet and mesh lace sections and I had to kind of modify it a little bit just so I could get everything out of 300 metre skein of, of sport weight. This pattern really calls for, for fingering weight 400 metres. And so really happy with the mods. It's blocked to the dimensions in the pattern. And uh, that halo is just lovely. And uh, I kind of really like to see a little lace with a little bit of halo. Not so it obscures the pattern, but just so you can really feel and see that texture. And it's a lovely texture. And it's a really steely grey with these little bits flecks of the white alpaca peeping through, which makes it look a little bit tweedy. It's it's divine. I really haven't seen anything like this before. Um, it's spun at, at the border mill, and I've spoken about the border mill on this podcast before, and how I, I really respect and admire how they work closely with their clients um, to really get the best out of the fibre that they're bringing in. You know, this yarn was just spun beautifully and you'll see from the pictures that I've got. It has the look of a very, almost rustically soft, hand-spun yarn. It's 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 incredible to feel, it's incredible to smell. It's just lovely. And I really have no, you know, I'm not... Um, being unnecessarily praising or or anything like that when I say that this yarn was an absolute pleasure to work with. And I have said about this before, I do have an issue knitting with some alpaca yarn. And I now believe that it is cheap alpaca yarn and cheaply processed alpaca yarn that I have an issue with because any time that I've used, and I must say this was sort of before Knit British, commercial spun um, alpaca yarns like Drops, the alpaca content has just 
made me itch so much and you know brought me out in almost a rash around my nose and mouth where I was breathing in and it's been suggested to me that the, the alpaca is so shredded sometimes not the best quality and it's so shredded in production that that's what causes that I have never had that um, since choosing British wool um, from um, artisan mills and from small producers who are working closely uh, with those mills and their knowledge to create incredible yarns. And as I say, this was an absolute pleasure. And this is even more of a pleasure because the last time I made the shawl, um, I made it for my mum to give away for Christmas and it was in a really beautiful BFL and I took some pictures with it and I was really sad to part with it and it has always been something that I've wanted to remake and again we're doing this remakery on it British um, this sort of focus to just make things that you've always wanted to remake and I'm so chuffed that this is mine um, so please go and have a wee look at www.newleafyarns.com as I said at the beginning of the programme, lots of fantastic uh, women in this show today and uh, we'll be hearing from Jane. Earlier this year, she got in touch to say she was making yarn and I'd already seen her yarn, I just didn't know it was her yarn, in Jess's at Ginger Twist Studio, this alpaca and Massim, which I believe there's really not very much of. Um, you could check out gingertwiststudio.com. But that was an, that was an incredible yarn and, and actually so woolly to... To the touch, I you know I haven't felt I haven't knitted with it, but it was so woolly to the touch. It was just an incredible blend. So then Jane Jane got in touch and talked to me a little bit about New Leaf Yarns and her decision to start making yarn, but not just alpaca yarn, concentrating on alpaca blends. And I think that's that's awesome. And so I wanted to chat with her about that, and so I did so this week. Uh, sat out in the very sunny meadows in Edinburgh to talk about uh, New Leaf Yarns. Now, because it's knit British, <laughs> there's always background noise. We had to wait till a tractor had gone away. Uh, there was an ambulance and um, uh, there was a breeze that for some reason filtered through my uh, microphone protector. And so I've had to cut, cut a little bit and edit it a little bit because of that. But I'm really excited to uh, introduce you to Jane and hope you enjoy our wee chat. Let's tell everybody a little bit about you and about how you came to be making alpaca blended yarns. Okay, well, I gave up a very sensible job about two and a half years ago. I decided just after a few sort of life is short kind of reminders that it was time to try something new. And so I thought I had the whole small holder dream, as many people do, wellies, dogs, veg patch, all that <laughs> sort of thing. And I decided to, oh, I mean, it just sounds ridiculous as I'm telling it, but honestly, it's great. Um, I bought a couple of alpacas as, uh, to prepare for the dream, to prepare for the dream. So um, they're very, very safely where I bought them. They're looked after very, very well in readiness for us making the move. <laughs> uh, life and stuff has sort of delayed the move a wee bit, but it's still absolutely on the cards. And once you've got alpacas, it's like, well, oh, right, oh, what do I do now? You know, because all of a sudden you, you go to the first shearing, very exciting, and you get your bags, 
of fleece and you're thinking right I have to do something with <laughs> yeah, this yeah I do something about this and there was always part of me um, I'm not particularly creative you know if you give me a, a pencil and a pad of paper nothing exciting will happen you know I'm, <laughs> I'm not like that at all but I like the idea of making something I like the idea of maybe crafting and um, I have a um, tradition great granny came from Skye and knitted uh, and crocheted you know fantastic christening shawls and these massive great lace just masterpieces and also um, probably what was nicer when I was growing up the cuddle covers you know the granny square blankets oh, yeah. and I've still got some of them so you know way back where there was maybe a little bit of craft there and a couple of great aunts one knitted the iron cable jumpers and one did the crochet and so there was something back there and it sort of attracted so I thought well I need to knit I need to knit and so I think I mentioned to you, you know, you start a hobby craft because you've not got a clue, not a scoop of what to do. <laughs> and you buy things by colour and you get size five needles because they look just a bit manageable and they're about in the middle. Mm-hmm. And you knit long, straight things um, and maybe mittens, maybe, but with no thumbs. And uh, the big the big turnaround actually came was when I, I was a wee bit braver. Uh, I could almost uh, knit and I was listening to Shiny Bees a lot. And oh, I started yeah. listening to your podcast and I was, yeah, I was listening to some of the, uh, the podcasts and I was getting a wee bit more inspired and I started going to local yarn shops because that's what you do. Yeah. And I got chatting to Jess at Ginger Twist, who was, I just mentioned, because I was actually secretly really proud that I'd had alpacas, I just mentioned, and she said, oh, what do you do with fleece? And I said, oh, I don't really know yet, but I'm sort of trying to work it out. <laughs> and she was just incredibly encouraging, just, you know, why don't you have a think about this? And so things sort of bubble. And I thought, well, lots of people and lots of people that I know are doing 100% alpaca. So I'm not going to do anything any better than that. But... A few folk are maybe doing a few blends or I'd been to the yarn festival and I was just kind of blown away by all of that. And I thought, well, maybe I should mix it with something. Maybe I should do that kind of thing. And again, you bubble, bubble, bubble. And I spoke to Jess. So the next thing I know, it's just mad, but the next thing I know is I'm speaking to other alpaca owners thinking, right, well, what do you do with your fleece? And do you have any fleece? And it turned out there was quite a few folk who just didn't use their fleece. And I thought, well, I'm not using mine either. Maybe, you know, it, it's, yeah. honestly, this almost is a business plan. Almost. <laughs> so uh, in collaboration, you know, speaking to Jess about what might be quite nice and then seeing what fleece I could get, the first thing we did was we created a, a batch of um, alpaca and grey masham. And it was lovely. It was really, really nice. And yeah. I thought... I'd really love to knit with this. And she said, oh, I think quite a few people would really like to do that. And that was just fantastic. And then we did another one where it was BFL and one of the long wools and a pack and a four-ply. And that was really lovely as well. And I thought, oh, there's actually maybe something in this, you know. (laughs) So that was the first two batches. They've gone into Ginger Twist and... It's just sort of evolved from there, to be honest, Louise. And now I'm doing a Wensleydale. A Wensleydale four ply in four different colours, which is very Just nice. And a Shetland, a grey Shetland, because I really wanted to create a grey yarn. Mm-hmm. So my white alpaca mixed with grey Shetland has created a really, really nice yarn. It's, it's amazing. <laughs> I can, I can yeah. attest. So it's been very much a sort of step-by-step, and it started from I want to knit with nice yarn. It started from I've, I know some people with fleece, and I can maybe make some nice yarn. 
and then oh I've made some nice yarn maybe I can make some more <laughs> so it's it's kind of just baby steps key thing is the yarn is f- completely traceable that's my thing that's my USP if you like that I have actually been to see the herds I've been to see the herds I've collected the fleece I've picked the bits of nonsense out the fleece <laughs> I've taken it down to the border mill you know set up what we're going to do I've wound it at the kitchen table and so what you get is you get something where you know where it is and if it's Sasha and Connell or Betty and Conrad or whatever you'll know that mm-hmm. um, and that's the whole thing so 100% British and uh, nice limited edition little batches yeah hopefully there's going to be a lace and an Aran coming on the Aran one is uh, we're going to do a white and also almost like a, a pale murat colour because I've got a very very lovely alpaca fleece which by some freak is a sort of grey brown kind of mixture it's very, so I've mixed that in with other white and we're doing that with BFL so that will just be super strong That's super strong lush. Aaron uh, and then in a natural white as well mm-hmm. and then we're also doing a, a mixture a very very fine lace weight wild tusa silk and alpaca um, and that will be around 800 metres per skein. That's really, it's a lovely fine lace, That's which I think would just be lovely to kind of add to the collection as well. Yeah. And you are saying there about how you've mixed these colours. So you're yeah. working quite closely with John and Juliet and what you want. Yeah, they're really good at um, advising me on the mixtures and the consistency. So, for example, with the, the, the Masham, that created a particular soft white so a particular mixture that was 30% grey masham 70% alpaca created a particular tone mm-hmm. when I mixed with the, the Shetland I wanted a slightly steelier grey I wanted slightly more graphite with a bit mm-hmm. of a fleck so they were very good it's like alchemy you know they were very good at saying well we're going to have to up the mixture a little bit and so the grey Shetland will be 40% and then 60% alpaca so you still get this, this, the, the softness but for that tone, we need to kind of yeah. experiment a little bit. So, yeah, it's like um, it's, it's like doing experiments. But the excitement for me is is going out and about. So you 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 really do fill the car with often quite smelly fleece. Mm. I have to tell you that. Um, and then you bring it back in, and you think, well, wait a minute, I've got you know some dark brown here, but I could maybe throw in a, a black or a really really dark brown and, and change the color or white and creams and you can create some beautiful color blends and then think about well wait a minute what does the sheep will bring to this and that might bring color but it might bring springiness or strength or and (laughs) the lovely thing about being a bit of a novice knitter is i don't know what's not possible so (laughs) if i fancy something it's like well why not you know which is kind of like what i do generally (laughs) these days but it's just really quite exciting to see how things are are turning out and it's lovely to go back to then the you know the farm of the hair to say by the way your boy troubadour has produced this fantastic troubadour is a real alpaca lives in aberdeenshire (laughs) lovely caramel boy who's donated his fleece to the caramel wensleydale but you know it's it's great because he's a he's a pet in a very large garden but he's created that and you can link it back to that and And I just find it quite exciting it allows me to hang around with alpaca folk which is brilliant (laughs) Uh, but also I've just loved knitting and I've loved kind of getting into that whole thing and actually making things and and it it goes back to my great granny (laughs) if you like that it's such a buzz it's such a buzz so when we um, when the Wensleydales became available I knitted a booster beanie and it's Oh. It's amazing, <laughs> but but to to actually be knitting, and I knew where it had come from, and I was like, oh, I made this. I see. There's lots of people doing incredible things. You know, I'm not a dyer, I'm not a designer, I'm not. But 
this is what I can bring to the party if yeah. you like and it's just like a lot of contributions and um and by the way i'm totally a fan of hobbycraft to start off with and all that kind of thing i'm no disrespect but it's just re- it's really nice to knit with nice yarn and it, it's, it's just been really exciting so what do you think the next steps are i would love to get to a point where i had enough uh stock that i could maybe look at events next year and just kind of uh, more established as it, as it were it would be fantastic to um, build up more samples and more actual knitting with it and if there are any maybe graduate designers out there or you know anyone who would like to knit with any of the yarns that would be great but yeah I just want to see how it kind of goes so mm-hmm. I've at the moment I have a spare room that's got a lot of fleece in it because the <laughs> shearing's just happened and of course this is the time of year that I go out into the middle yeah. of nowhere whether it's the Borders or Aberdeenshire or Fife or Lanarkshire or whatever and I fill the car and I bring it back so I've got another I would like to create a chunky yarn as well in mm. time for the winter that would be absolutely fantastic with my dark chocolate girls oh, and yeah. boys so that would be really really nice as well so the iron the lace and the chunky are probably the next three that I want cool. to kind of bring online and then we'll just see how it goes see what people like um, and take it from there yeah. you know the story's all on the website all the details about the alpacas are on the website um, I've discovered Instagram how cool is that didn't, didn't do all this social media malarkey kind of learning um, pictures of yarn and my dog that seems to be but if you're interested <laughs> so you can find all the details on newleafyarns.com uh, lots of pictures about the alpacas lots of stories uh, two babies due summer 2017 Luna has arrived another one expected oh, so please excellent. please follow the tale there <laughs> worth it for the photos honestly yeah. uh, Instagram is probably my social media of choice but it's linked into facebook and, and twitter as well but new leaf yarns there as well oh, yeah thank you so much. no it's so my pleasure Brilliant. it's very surreal to actually be on this podcast having to listen <laughs> thanks so much to jane for joining me uh this week and battling with uh, inquisitive children and tractors and uh, ambulances and the uh, errant breezes and do go and have a look at www.newleafyarns.com and do go and add her on instagram as she says she's just starting out but i know you you'll want to see what's forthcoming from new leaf yarns Now, the Knitting Goddess is the sponsor of this episode. And doesn't she just have some juicy news for us since she was last on the show? I spoke to Joy this week to ask her about um, if there's anything that I could talk about in the podcast. And she just had loads of juicy tidbits for me. Wait till I tell you. You may have seen on Instagram that Joy has been sending out some slinky mini skeins to uh, reviewers of something new and this is Brit Silk. It's a it's a sort of complimentary companion yarn to Brit Sock. It's all about natural fibres. So you've got your Blueface Leicester, Wensleydale, Alpaca, but now it has 20% silk and no nylon. This is going to be an incredible addition to the Knitting Goddess shelves. And it's going to be launching at Fibre East at the end of this month. And I got a wee mini skein. And you guys, this is, this is you know, st- stunning. 
I wouldn't say this is a sock yarn. I mean, this is not a replacement for Brit sock. I'm not sure I would knit socks with silk in them. Uh, but that's just me. Because when I saw this yarn, I just thought shawls, 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 shawls are just going to drip in drape in this yarn. And I'm knitting up a little swatch in it now. And my goodness me, just... How it feels in the fingers is incredible. And actually, currently, I am also doing Rachel Coopy's socks from A Year of Techniques. I think they're the Antirium socks. And I'm knitting them in Brit Sock, which I love. Brit Sock is this sock yarn that made me want to knit socks. And that is my favourite sock yarn. Of course, they're both a delight. There is a difference. The, the, if that Brit silk just flies through the fingers in a really seductive way. It's 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 amazing. If you've always loved Brit sock, you will want to tr- to try Brit silk for sure. I fancy something really lacy in this. As I say, it's just going to absolutely drip and drape. If you can't be at Fibre East do sign up to Joy's newsletter so that you know when it goes in the shop and you can you can get your hands on it. And if you are a fan of the Knitting Goddess special custom spun yarns, you're going to want to pin your lug holes back right now. Do you remember last year I when I visited Joy and Bobby, we went to Rigmoor Reindeer and we met their BFL sheep and their goats. The the fleece from the BFL was used in Joy's two flocks yarn. And Joy has been working with Becky and Richard, who own Rigmoor Reindeer, to buy fleece for another really special yarn. They've bought their mule and BFL fleece to make a yarn that is completely 100% a Yorkshire grown, spun and dyed yarn. This is going to be a four ply and it's being spun at Laxton's Mill. You might remember from that podcast we also visited Laxton's. Um, Currently it's getting scoured and it's about to go to the mill. I'm really excited about this. I really love what Rigmore Reindeer do because they have a farm, uh, they go to schools, they do tours, they want to teach people about their farming techniques and about different breeds of sheep and other animals, reindeer, of course. Uh, But I also really love this because I know how much Joy is committed to making a yarn that's 100% grown, spun and dyed in Yorkshire and what that means to her. So this is really exciting and you local wool lovers are going to love it. And then, you know, all of that fantastic British grown wool from one farm and then Joy is going to put her colours on it. It's going to be amazing. So anyone heading to Yarndale 23rd and 24th of September, there's a good chance that you'll be able to see it there first. And if you're not, again, join Joy's newsletter so that you can be first to know when that yarn hits the online shop. And I can't tell you much more, but if you like your incredibly special blended British wools. You're going to want to watch what's coming from the Knitting Goddess in the future too because there there are more custom spun Knitting Goddess yarns to come. 
in addition to Fiber East next weekend uh, and Yarndale on the 23rd and 24th, Joy will be exhibiting at the Great London Yarn Crawl after party. The Great London Yarn Crawl is on the 9th of September this year and I believe there are not very many tickets left for the crawl so you better get on over to Yarn in the City's website and check out if there are any tickets left. Because she's so gen- generous and awesome, Joy has given us a screen printed bag and a skein of the Two Flocks yarn, which is Paul Dorset from Four Ways Dorset and the BFL from Rigmore Reindeer uh, and dyed in a fantastic turquoise colour. So generous to give to give these away to one lucky winner. Head on over to the Knit British Raveler group to see pictures of those and find out how to enter. Thank you so much, Joy. Let's know because chase everyone from a place. Come on with a rain of a smile on my face. And I'll walk down the lane. another blind review for you this episode um I, I i just love being able to do this it's such a lovely way to include the muckers in the show uh, and also get some other perspectives on on wool that that we're reviewing um this episode i haven't also reviewed the yarn um because of other commitments but uh, this is this is a bit slightly different. Um, I've got one mucker in particular who is very interested in sock yarn, and that is our dear mucker Winnick Mum, Christine. Uh, so when a sock yarn came in to be squooshed and tested, I thought of Christine immediately. Christine has been on a no nylon socks bent and has been learning how different fibres uh, react in socks without the addition of nylon. So I had to tell her this time that this sock yarn did have nylon in it. Um, I didn't tell her about the percentage of it or the other fibre or anything like that. So Christine uh, got almost an entire ankle sock out of the wee skein that I sent her. You can see uh, pictures in the show notes. And this is what she had to say. I'm going to keep the wool a surprise for me this time until I tell you what Christine thought. So, Knit British Mystery Sock Review. My first thoughts were about the colour. It is a glorious, vibrant purple which actually moves through shades of palest lavender to the deepest Roman emperor when you look more closely and which is much more obvious when the yarn is knitted up. It felt soft to the touch but not particularly wooly so my first thoughts were of a worsted yarn. However, when I started knitting with it, I wondered if it even was wool at all as it felt more like cotton to knit with. Smooth, quick to knit and with a lovely shine that was quite noticeable knitting under light, but not so much in daylight. The shine does make those colours glow in daylight though and there's a real depth to them so whatever the wool is obviously takes dye very well and I'd love to see this yarn in other shades. 
Christine did ask me a few more questions and, and I welcome questions. I'll try not to give too much away in answering them. So one of that questions she answered, what asked me, was it actually wool? And if so, was it superwash? So which I said, yes, it's wool. Didn't say what it was. And yes, it's superwash. I got almost a full ankle sock out of the sample and I have to say that it feels very nice on your foot. The stitch definition is good. I also did a few rows of a lace pattern and that stands out really nicely, though it's not quite obvious in the photo. The heel stitch on the heel is also really nicely defined. I liked the yarn even more when it was washed and blocked. There was much more of a halo to it now and it became a little softer too, although it was soft enough to start with. I feel like this is a luxurious kind of sock. Although ordinarily I'd worry about how it would wear, I know there's nylon in the content and that would make me much happier about wearing it every day. Because it's super wash, it would probably be fine to go in the washing machine too, which makes it very practical. Once I knew the yarn was super wash, I thought that that probably explained why it felt a little bit like cotton. I think it would be fabulous for people who don't like their garments to feel too wooly, but still want to wear real wool. It would make a lovely pair of socks, but I also would use it for shawls and even a cardigan with a different type of swatch. I think it would have good drape and I could see it being used in a whole range of projects. Perhaps most importantly, I'd definitely be happy to wear this next to my skin and I can certainly see a pair of socks in this yarn in my future. That's such a brilliant review, Christine. Thank you so much. And you know what? You you might think that's odd what she just said there about people who want to wear wool but can't wear anything too wooly. That happens so much more than you would ever believe. Because wool has so many different characteristics and textures, all of which most of us just can't wait to cast on with, there are some people who just can't wear that next to their skin but really want to support and wear wool where they can. So I would totally agree with that. Also, totally agree with the colours. The colours are amazing. And um, I totally agree with her when she says that this would be a great all-round yarn for other things. So do you think you know what it might be? Have you knit with this yarn yourself? I think there's probably a good chance that some of you have. In fact, if you are knitting with Brit Yarn's birthday yarn you will know what this yarn is. If you have recently visited the Knitting Goddess, you will know what this yarn is. This is the Knitting Goddess BFL and Nylon. It launched a couple of months ago. As I said, it's what Joy used to dye the Shades of Ethel, the celebratory birthday yarn for Brit Yarn. And all of the wool content is sourced from UK flocks. And because it's the Knitting Goddess, you can get um, solid colours, self-striping, multi-shades. It's £17 for the solid and multi-colours. It's £23 for the self-striping. And it's £24 if you want one of those delicious mini skein sets. Thank you, Christine, for taking that blind yarn review. And thanks to Joy for giving us the yarn to try. Christine was not as restrained as some of the muckers and wanted to know what the yarn was once she had sent in the review. And I said... 
do you want to know what it is or do you want to wait? And she said, well, part of me wants to be patient and wait, but the other part of me really wants to know what it is. And so I was quite cruel and I sent a hyperlink and I said, if you really can't take it any longer, here here's the link. You can click on to find out what it is and it, and it linked to the Knitting Goddess shop. And she said... She would have thought that it was BFL because it it bloomed that way when when it was washed and blocked. And she also said that she would have definitely hazarded a guess that it was the Knitting Goddess. I fear Christine's shopping list for Yarndale has now grown quite considerably. Some British really seen news for you now. Have you heard of Walcott Yarns? Uh, this uh, was a new yarn that was launched at Edinburgh Yarn Festival by Carmen from A Yarn Story and Sharon of Great British Yarns. It's a four-ply blend of Falkland Merino and Baby Alpaca. And as I say, it launched in March with some really lovely neutral shades. Now, there is a whole range of colourful, juicy, gorgeous shades. Uh, You should check out walcottyarns.com to see those. They just look utterly sumptuous. I should also say, I mentioned the great London yarn crawls crawl before. Walcott Yarns are one of the the vendors at the after party and I believe that there are going to be some other fantastic vendors there. Wool Kitchen and Catch and Beg Inspiration Knits, Textile Garden. Oh my God, all of those goodies from Textile Garden. Um, Whimsy Knits is going to be there. Travel Knitter, Knitting Goddess, as I said before. Um, And again, do head on over to www.yarninthecity.com and check out um, to see if there are any tickets left. Alison uh, did email me this week to say that there were only six left. So you're going to have to be fast. Um, it's on the 9th of September. So I'd love to go on the Great London Yarn Crawl one year. I just, it always ends up being a really busy time of year for me. I have the FOMO. Uh, Lucy Locketland on Instagram got in touch to tell me about her upcoming budget uh, retreat in Northumberland in November. And it's happening at the Calico Bunk Barn in Druridge Bay and it's going to be a really relaxed and informal retreat. You can find out all the information at lucylocketland.co.uk The whole weekend costs £150 total but there is quite specific booking steps that you need to take so do uh, visit that website or click on the link in the show notes um, to find out more information. I'm always really happy to try and include your British wool related news on the podcast. Uh, the best and really the only way to do that is to email me uh, and you can do that via the contact page at knitbritish.net. Really, I'm not a fan of private messaging on social media and I don't often look at them. So if you're sending me information on there for the podcast, uh, I'm I'll probably miss it. Also, a little reminder that I am happy to review wool products and books, etc. But please remember that I can't review anything that isn't available to buy online. That's based on feedback from listeners who are listening to the podcast and want to go and buy that product right away. Um, Also, I can only review wool, which has information about wool content and origin. It doesn't matter if that 
information is publicly available on the on your website or on your ball band but it has to be there. I talked about this on episode 84 and why I feel I have this responsibility to only review yarns where at all possible are clear about what's in it and what's exactly British about it. Um, I was recently asked to review a yarn. I asked what breed it was and they said 100% superwash. Superwash is not a breed. We need to know more about your product. You need to know more about your product. <laughs> I do feel a responsibility to only bring you the kind of yarns and products that I know you want to know about and we can we can find out more information about together. So um, that's my pledge. That is about it for this episode. Don't forget to go on over to the Ravelry Group and enter that competition for the Knitting Goddess. Beautiful, printed, screen-printed, zippy, pouch and um, a gorgeous skein of two flocks yarn I just love this yarn so much and um, I should mention that the Gotland yarn that Susan gave away last episode which she so generously donated uh, the random draw was poked a goblin and that's Alice so she's getting that incredible Gotland yarn from the hollyhock flock and also you might remember that Susan was trying to trace a pattern that Entrelac cardigan and it was it was actually Sue James from Cambrian Wool so awesome she has the pattern it's called kimono it's by Susan Duckworth and it's in her book that's called knitting which was published in 1988 absolutely cracking these connections i knew if i put out there on the podcast that somebody would know it i just knew it but it sent so many of you down the vintage 80s pattern rabbit hole uh, and had you discovering a few classics for yourself so absolutely awesome let's say hello to some of the new kids in the Ravelry group i haven't done this for ages and i apologize uh, new kids we've got gail Whirl, who is gail from the Whirl. we've got chain of fools who is emily from washington dc we've got from little acorns one who's in the uk we've got reviewsian i think i'm saying that right that's shan uh, from from Norway. Hi, Shan. Oh, you sent me a lovely email this week as well. That was that was very kind. I haven't replied to it yet, um, but you sent me a lovely email to say that you were feeling connections to British wool and your your um, own past and history through the podcast. That's fantastic. Thank you so much for that. Thank you to everyone who sends me contact through the Knit British website. I try and get back to you before now. <laughs> As I say, this month's been quite hectic, um, but it's always just incredible to hear from you. Thank you so much for taking the time to do that. It means such a lot. Um, Ribena Rockstar, you are Lily from Edinburgh. Hey to you, Lily. And Eve Freckman, who is Eva from Sheffield. Hi to all you guys and everyone in the Knit British Ravelry group. Do you know we've got 2,211 members at the time of recording? That's pretty amazing. Another thing you can do for me if you're over in the Ravelry group is find the thread that says, how will we celebrate 100 episodes in January? In January, it is going to be the 100th episode of the podcast and um, I'd like to do something. I'd like to have a little, have a, a, a virtual knit-along, uh, a cal of some description and there's been some really 
there was a really awesome suggestion of doing something for Knit British um, and knitting bunting. And um, I think that's a fantastic idea. Um, that would be something that I could take to things like Edinburgh Yarn Festival or take on the road and show off your bunting in British wool. How awesome is that? We've had some really good suggestions because, you know, triangular bunting is awesome. But when I did the bunting knit along with Shit in the Library, it was always so refreshing when there was a bit of bunting that wasn't triangular. Having said that, there have been some great suggestions. Sarah mentioned hap bunting, and I think that's an amazing idea, but we need to find a pattern or someone needs to create a pattern that makes appropriate sized uh, haps for bunting. Uh, there was also a mention of sheep bunting, which I really, really like that idea as well. To, you know, you know, not not a toy sheep, but like sheep shapes bunting, and also sweater bunting, which I think is awesome too. Um, also, there is very mooted, I have to say, plans to do something in Edinburgh on that um, weekend of the hundredth episode, which will be about thirteenth of. January, which is Saturday. I know that you all can't come to Edinburgh and I can't organise a humongous party, the, the likes of Edinburgh Yarn Festival or anything like that. But if you can feasibly be in Edinburgh, in the first post on that thread, it has a I can be in Edinburgh survey. Give me an idea of numbers and let me see what I can do. It would be lovely if some of you wanted to come to Edinburgh, we could get together, have a knit, have a lovely lunch and maybe do something a little bit fun. Making no huge promises as yet, but I really want to do something. So go on over to that group. Let us know what you think we should get up to for 100 episodes. It'll be here sooner than we know. Also, sooner than we know, will be the next episode of the Knit British Podcast because next week I will have for you my episodes from Uist. These episodes I have whittled down to two parts. Let me tell you, they could have been three parts. <laughs> because I have episode length and um, upload limits, I've made these into two distinct parts. So it's going to be episode 89 part one and episode 89 part two. And I'm going to put both part one and two out on iTunes at the same time. And there will be a blog post at knitbritish.net with all the notes and also those two parts um, of audio too. I have enjoyed so much revisiting US through these recordings and editing and I really, really, really hope um, that you get a lot out of them. I enjoyed going there so much and enjoyed making making these episodes for you. Um, so that will be next week, um, definitely before the end of the month. And then the regular podcast will be back on the 4th of August. I will have an interview with Francesca Hughes, designer and also... You may know from John Arbin. Um, she's pretty awesome. And we had a really great chat um, a few weeks ago. And I'm looking forward to bringing you that next month as well. Then I was thinking I might take a couple of weeks holiday and come back at the end of August. But who knows? There's just too much to bring you. There's just too much fantasticness. Until then, take very good care. Thanks for listening to the Knit British Podcast. To find out more, visit www.knitbritish.net. You can email me louise at knitbritish.net. I'm on Twitter and Instagram as at knit underscore British. And I'm on Ravelry as Lira. Good night, Take care of that throat. You're a big singing star now, remember? This California dude is just a little
I stand, the sun is shining all over the place.